0: feel like i should be singing just the two of us
1: i know I right? we we could start off like that i like that
0: <laughs> but that's the only part of the song i know <laughs> i know special, so I just the two of us we can make it if we try just the two of us you, you and, and i um do you know for the longest time i thought that, that was will smith's song <laughs> <Who thinks it? laughs> i'm not gonna be embarrassed it's like al green or somebody somebody not will smith like one of those old soul singers, so I'm sorry. Oh, there goes my phone. Listen, my two best friends are still texting me. This is a text that just came in about this whole Beyonce Lemonade situation. Yes, I can't wait to. See. I woke up to like 35. What's funny is, well, yeah, we're we're going, so we can just talk about it now. <laughs> yeah. let's, just, uh, let's, just, let's just do it. Did, it uh, kept, did you get our singing? That's important. Did I? Yeah, we got this. Yeah, we're going. We're going.
1: Okay. 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 So yeah, so lemonade. I know my my bestie was like, first of all, it was hilarious. So I, for some reason, I could not find HBO like on my TV, and so I saw my bestie on Facebook was like, "I'm watching Lemonade and getting my life." I was like, "Oh my god, I can't find it. It's not on my HBO." She was like, "Call the cable company." <laughs> <laughs> That's how serious it was. I, I I seriously considered it, but I googled and I found it.
0: Okay, yeah, I actually didn't watch it live on Saturday. I went out and had a couple of cocktails and I got back and fell promptly asleep because that's how I party now. <laughs> and so I woke up at like 6 a.m and yeah. I went out and I watched it by myself, which I'm really happy about like no one yelling at me, no one saying y'all, in my ear like I have friends who had viewing parties. It was like an emotional experience and I would, it was I, I'm glad that I had it like you know by myself in my in my little quiet place. See, I, I did it the long way because
1: I finally got to watch it. But when I started watching it, it was already halfway done. So I was so confused, like, what's happening, you know? And then it really wasn't until I realized, oh, this is like a visual representation of her album. And then I found it online. And while Superman was sleeping last night, I watched it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <hey."> <laughs> So I had already gotten like all the hype, all the whatever out of the way, because I hadn't even seen Serena. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I, you know, at first I was like, I don't get it. But then after watching the whole thing in its entirety, I was like, I can dig it. I mean,
0: you I, got, I, yeah, you got to watch the entire thing in order.
1: Yes, yes, you do. And honestly, overall, I can definitely say I liked it. You know, that I was. There are definitely parts where I'm like, huh. Or, but I, the vibe, the the transition that she's making, I'm here for it.
0: You know, it made Formation make so much more sense. It, like, gave context for Formation. Mm -hmm. But it also, I felt like, was so much deeper than what Formation was.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: What I'm worried about was what I've been hearing. I mean, first of all, like, I loved it. I thought it was her best music she's put out. Like, there were some really interesting collaborations on this. And it wasn't just, like, you know, The weekend Kendrick Lamar. Maybe people would have seen that coming. But, like, James Blake and – um, the country song. I don't know who did that country song with her. Um. I know. Riding on the horse. <laughs> I fucking loved it. I was like, okay, country Beyonce. I know. Country Beyonce with the braids. Let's ride Riding on the Horse. Yes. I, so there was a
1: song, Um, was it Freedom? At the end, yeah. which she's like on the stage. That song
0: I loved. That was with Kendrick. That, oh, I, that I, was just nothing but black girl power. I mean, you had Zendaya. You had, and forgive me, I don't know all the names of the famous women, but I know that ballerina dancer was a famous person. I know Kavenjanae Wallace was there. She was like holding Blue Ivy's hand.
1: Yes, I was like, oh, that was just, and I'm not going
0: to lie, I totally shed a tear
1: when, um, you know, when um, the women were holding their lost sons or their sons uh, who uh. Yes, Yes. it was like, honestly, I just, you know, I lost it. I was like, oh, my God. It just was so, and I kept, I literally felt myself saying out loud, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Mm.
0: Because, you know, you don't see the women behind the boys Mm -hmm. who die. You don't see in the media. All you see is the picture of the young boy and maybe the cop. But you don't, I think people forget that, you know, there's a mother who raised these kids and had to bury them. And that was, that was really poignant for me. Yeah, I just, oh, was, I cried too. Yes, yeah. and
1: honestly, I was like, oh, Beyonce with this outfit, with this Ankara outfit in European cuts. Yes, I am here for it. I just love that.
0: Was that the one where the big billowy, like Victorian style dress, but it was like an African print? Mm-hmm. So they call that Ankara. like Ankara, okay.
1: And so like you, the, what I love about Ankara is that you can, you know, the print is so clearly African and the fun thing to do with it is to cut it in ways that, are traditionally not african you know so it's like uh, i have so many like encore outfits like you know made specially and you could just make a mini skirt but it's encore fat you know um fabric so it just looks so dope there's actually i think it was the met uh the costume institute i think they had like a whole like i don't remember if it was like a display or whatever but it was that kind of like look it was the african print encore print and then everyone was wearing traditional European kind of like old school Victorian outfits, but with that print, which was so dope.
0: Mm. That was like, and we got hints of that from formation, I feel like a little bit, but this video just blew everything out of the water, everything. You know, I feel like I can already sense, I mean, not to me, I'm, like, kind of defensive t- uh, against Beyonce. Like, as soon as I watched Lemonade, and I knew how much I loved it, I was like, people are going to try and tear me down. They're going to try and say it wasn't that good. So, you know, my friend, we've had Jessica on the show before. So, of course, there was a text message start, starting with her and my other best friend, and I just did – I ignored my phone all day. I was like, let me just sit in my feelings yeah. before before I have to go and defend her. Like, But, you know, what's surprising is they were uh, – uh, Jess was on board. She liked it. Really? But, you know, her argument and so many women's argument or so many people like Beyonce haters or not haters, but, you know, people who aren't so much fans. All they say is, how is she empowering women? She's running around in a tutu and like a leotard and she's talking about twerking and freakum dresses. And they say her music doesn't really say anything. And now all I have to do is just push play on Lemonade.
1: Exactly. And I just, you know, I am not going to lie. I considered getting title for that free one month just so I can like sit and listen without the visuals just to kind of let it soak in because there were definitely some songs. And I was like, what? Like the song when she was like, put your middle fingers up. I was like, oh, and just her face and her back. Yes. Oh. Boy, boy.
0: oh, Serena. Oh my God, Serena. Oh, I just, yeah. It was just such a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. I was like,
1: yes. When Beyonce came out with the fur coat, the swag in that segment of, the, of Lemonade, I was like, if this woman's swag is not on the 1,000, I don't know what is.
0: I think the title of that chapter was Anger, and
1: yeah. it, it came through. Yes. I was like, ooh, sorry, Becky. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> did you
0: see? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Let's talk about how the internet, the beehive, uh-huh. doesn't try to read. Oh my God! Yes, you saw. Okay, Rachel Ray.
1: <laughs> so for those of you who are like, what? So the Beehive is like the people that follow Beyonce, and they are vicious. I mean, the Beehive will will sing you to death. Yeah. So apparently, people thought the Becky with uh the with the good hair. Um, well, if you haven't watched the Lemonade, sorry, spoiler alert. So it basically implies that that Jay Z cheated on
0: her. And Imple- people is an understatement? Yes. <laughs> and that- puts the scarlet letter on his face. Like yes. tattoos it. <laughs> and then supposedly
1: it's supposed to be with Rachel Roy, who is, she's a fashion designer, right?
0: I don't know who she is. I didn't know before this whole thing came out. Yeah, I think she's a fashion designer. And you know, oddly enough, I thought
1: she was married to Dame Dash at one point. They have a kid, which that's Z's ex-best friend. But anyway, so Rachel Roy is like a fashion designer. She's beautiful. I think she looks like, I want to say... That she could be um, uh, Indian, maybe Pakistani. That you know, that like in that kind of flavor. Um, but she's beautiful, and so people are saying. Remember when Solange beat Jay Z down in the elevator? Mm-hmm. So they're saying that that was it was because of that, because he had been inappropriate with her. And so Rachel Roy posted like something like right after Lemonade about having good hair, and so everybody was like, "Oh, it is you," but. Unfortunately, there's a Rachel Ray, who's this cute little Italian woman that cooks. Who I would
0: say is arguably the bigger star.
1: Yes, definitely. As far as like more mainstream. Yeah. So that's probably why they found her. So they thought Rachel Ray, who's this cute (laughs) little Italian woman, was Rachel Roy. And they went to harassing that (laughs) woman. (laughs) Of no. all
0: the people, the most wholesome, like all American, uh, Food Network star yeah. Rachel Ray, who has a talk show that comes on at like three p.m. <laughs> like, I've
1: never been in any trouble, never any paparazzi, anything. Yeah. Never. Any,
0: I know she was like, "What's going on, guys?"
1: And she's so cute. She's got like all these little nicknames for things. Like instead of like um, she calls uh, what is that stuff like uh, olive oil? EVOO. Like, oh, yeah, EVOO. She's just so cute, and like I know she was like, "Why, why are people attacking me?" I then, saw that.
0: Go ahead. I saw one meme that was like, Becky with the good chili.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I was reading some of the stuff that people were posting, and once they realized it was the wrong person, one, somebody actually said, as a member of the Beehive Committee, we sincerely apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my God, honestly,
1: that, I mean, I literally laughed out loud. I was dying. I'm like, y'all Beehive. Folks, y'all don't know when to stop. Don't come for me because I love Beyonce, and I'm just saying that. What you got
0: we drunk. should be, what we should be asking is like, why are they going after the woman anyway? Like Jay Z is the one who cheated. Exactly. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I I was trying to re- like understand why the the whole entire video, the movie was like getting to me emotionally. And I mean, I mean, towards the end, I was a mess when the moms of the black men who died with Jay Z's mom a uh, grandmother giving that speech about lemonade when it finally clicked for me, what the hell lemonade meant and where the lemonade was coming in. Yeah. Like all that was very emotional, but it was like, I've never been cheated on before, but I think what got me emotionally and why I connected with it so much is the fact that no relationship is perfect. Yeah. And I felt like for the first time and my issue with Beyonce has always been, she is so calculated. She is so put together every word, every, t- every sachet, Every flip of her hair is planned. It felt like, and i you know, you don't see her raw, or admitting mistakes as often, uh, at, at all. And so for me, it was like this perfect woman is being so vulnerable, is so raw and open. You know, if if what she's singing is true, it you know, not actually happened, and it really seems like it did. Like, and that was just really touching for me, and it sort of gave me permission to not try and pretend like everything in my life is going hundred percent when it's not.
1: No, I I think that's what touched me, too. Because you're right, Beyonce, Solange has long since been considered the sister that is, like, just, like, open and real and vulnerable. You know, Solange would be like, what, girl, bye. Mm -hmm. You know, but Beyonce was always so, um, I don't know, just so well put together. She just seemed like nothing was ever wrong, like you said. And even after that whole, like, you know, them fighting in the elevator, she didn't come forth and say anything. And so for this to come out and for her to just be so open sharing that like, yo, stuff is not always perfect. There's times where I was going to leave. I've been cheated on and I'm not going to lie. I have cheated in my twenties. It was not a good, good look. Um, and so I can see both sides and I'm just like, uh, either way, it's just nice to see that she's showing women that like, you know, things don't have to be perfect. Somebody wrote, I think I was watching like a Buzzfeed video. Someone was like, you know, she's weak. Why would she stay? And I'm like, uh, it's just so easy for people to just make decisions, you know, or
0: to judge based upon. This person is stupid. Did you watch anything? Have you Beyonce is like the the antithesis of weakness.
1: Exactly, and honestly, too, I just feel like everyone decide everyone decides what they're willing to put up with and what they're not. And to me, especially as I get older, I'm realizing there's no rhyme or reason. People just decide for themselves and. You know, there's plenty of my friends who are with guys who I'm like, if it was me, I probably wouldn't stay. But I'm sure plenty of my friends look at me and they're like, well, if it was me, I wouldn't stay. We all have our own stuff that we're willing to put up with. And I just think it's just for everyone to decide for themselves. It's not for me to judge you. To me, I always tell my sisters and friends, as long as he's not hurting you physically and like, you know, emotionally and mentally, it's not my business. Like, you know, I'm not here to judge. I mean, I'm here to listen and be your friend. But now, if you tell me that, you know, he punched me. He pushed me. Then I'm like, girl, we're coming to get you, you know? But other than that, like, my friends know that if you're like, oh, we got into an argument because I just didn't like the fact that I'm always doing the dishes and he doesn't help. And I'm not here to be like, girl, leave him. You know, So <laughs>
0: everybody has a girl, leave him friend. Oh, and- that was me. Oh, yeah. That was me in my, like, <laughs> teens and 20s. <laughs> I was so extreme. Right? Like, you mean he was five minutes late? Why, mm. right? girl, leave him. Like, <laughs> But he wears
1: blue on Tuesday. Mm, girl, leave him. Awesome. <laughs> and so I learned, like, uh, you don't tell the girl-leaving friend anything. And, like, I'm the friend who's always like, well, I mean, you know, you guys just need to talk about it. You guys just, just need to talk about it. Because sure. you know? <laughs> I'm like, been there, done that. Well, you to be without anybody. Especially, it's always the girl-leaving friend sometimes that never has anybody, you know? Because you expect too much out of out of one person. Exactly. You know? They're not going to be perfect. Lord knows I am not, honey. I look at that mirror and I'm like, whew, thank
0: you, Superman, because I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what love is. And, oh, that song when, you know, what's, what's, I'm really about the words and lyrics. And it was really, like, fun for me because I study literature in college and poetry. And I haven't done that in a long time. But I sat down and I read the lyrics. I, I had the captions turned on so I can really understand what she was saying. And what I got out of it wasn't just that Jay-Z cheated or whoever she's talking about cheated, but it was about the like the difference in power, yeah. about how he was intimidated. And also there was a part where she talks about how he didn't think that he deserved to have something work out for him in life. And that really touched me. And, and towards the end, you know, she talks about being, well, this part was a poetry. Oh, who was the poet? Warsan, the Somali poet, who the who did all the interludes, Beyonce read her poetry in between every song. There was one line in her poetry. First of all, that poetry was beautiful, and I never heard of her before. There's one part where she's talking about, I'm the mother of your children living and dead. And then I was thinking, that's right, Beyonce had a miscarriage. Yeah,
1: wow.
0: And another hello, I'm human moment, and I I thought it was beautiful. And I don't think we'll ever hear Beyonce. Like, I don't think she'll write a memoir. She's not going to go on – the own network, Super Soul Sunday, and talk about Lemonade. I think she's leaving everything in the music, like she has. Um, only now she's saying more than she ever has through the music, and I'm, I'm, I like, I feel kind of like proud of her in a way for growing up and yeah, for, and
1: yes, that's how I felt too. I thought like, wow, this is very womanish, you know, of her, and I just love the fact that a lot of the stuff that people were saying for years and she kind of ignored, she addressed like. Her clearly pregnant with Blue Ivy. Yes. Yes. I saw that. I mean, like, you can see it in her face, her nose, her boobs or something. Like, that's not a prosthetic bit. People, you know, like, just like addressing those things. Like, girl, bye. Like, just. And she does it in
0: the music. In (laughs) the music. Yeah. I love
1: it. Just even just addressing, like, you know, everybody knows there's issues with her father.
0: But, like, just even, like, addressing that. That song could have been called Daddy Issues. What was it called? Daddy.
1: That was a country one, wasn't it? Daddy
0: Lessons yeah yeah i you know what go i I, you can't when it's someone's personal story like that and they're sharing it and they're being vulnerable you can't you almost can't even judge it it's like this is her personal story it's her interpretation she put her i mean this took so much work Yeah. every thought every detail you know that that was a it makes me feel like what have i done lately
1: what have you done i have
0: I've barely gone to the gym today. I'm
1: like, <laughs> oh, you'd be proud of me, and this is like random, but I'm like I've been walking like two or three miles a day. oh yeah, do you go uh with Superman or is it like a solo thing so honestly I've just been using it's almost like meditation. I forgot how much I like to walk, so i've just been i now it makes me
0: want to get a fitbit, but I just use like the Nike app on my phone if you get a fitbit. <laughs> You just need to be prepared because I'll I, add you as a friend and I, I get really competitive. You're going to say, you like, the way you said, you said,
1: if you get a Fitbit. <laughs> you see the dot, dot, dot coming, like, I'm just letting you know. Because you can challenge people. I know. But you know, you don't want this though, because it ain't nothing for me to walk like four miles in a day. It's nothing. Okay.
0: I got it. We could do this. Now we could. you that's don't want to. That's only 8,000 steps. You got to. Oh, okay. My. my <laughs> You know what? My dad actually has been kicking my butt lately. My, my Fitbit broke, so I've been out of the game for about a week. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, when I'm on my – when I was at the height of my Fitbit reign, I was doing, like, twenty five, thirty thousand 30,000 steps a day, which means I was walking everywhere, no trains, and then running after work, and then going on the elliptical before work. And I was only because my friend Diana, if she's listening out there, because she was, like, training for a half marathon, and I got, re- I got in this, like – tunnel vision insane competitive zone it wasn't a healthy place I don't recommend <laughs> it. it was like insane but no, uh, it's just like you know
1: it, my sister calls it stacking and I've started to just like implement this in my life that like you know when you want to make a, a transition and you're like oh I want to eat my exercise this and that she's like no don't do it all at one time you're never going to keep up she's like just stack just say you know what I'm gonna have a salad like you know like once a day or whatever. And then once you do that for a few weeks and you're like, you know, I'm going to have a salad and I'm going to go for a walk because the salad becomes normal. And then you just start walking and then you're like, OK, the walking is normal. The salad is normal. Well, let me add on yoga in the morning. And so now I've stacked about four things like I'm eating better. The eating came first. Then I got the personal trainer, had her for a while. Now I'm walking and I just added yoga. So it's four things that I normally, if I would have done them all at once, I would not be able to keep up. But because I stack them and and reach the place where like one of the blocks in my stack was normal before I added another block, I'm like, Y'all, I feel so good. I'm like, yo, Tiffany, you're, you're like totally adulting.
0: <laughs> Did you read that book, <laughs> The The Power of Habit? No, is it good? It's kind of about that. Yeah, it's all about how you build habits, how some people are able to break bad habits and then replace them with good habits. It's really good. It's written by Charles Duhigg. I don't know if I'm saying it right. D-U-H-I-G-G. And it came out like a few years ago and it was a big hit. It's like got a yellow book cover. I okay. recommend it. It's good. It's, we need to go back to recommending books again. That's a good one. The Power of Habits. Yeah. Okay. Um, we haven't even talked about, this was a big week. Yeah, So, it was. upset, right. there was highs and lows, <laughs> yeah. high being Lemonade, high Harriet Tubman getting yeah. her place on the $20 bill, which I thought was awesome. What yeah. I didn't think was awesome is like, so not the entire bill, like the back of it she's not going to be on or something like that was happening.
1: Yeah. And also too, I thought it was weird because it's not going to come out for like another like 17 years, isn't it? Like, what? 2030? Yeah, somebody was like telling me, I was like, let me Google. let me see the Googles. So that, I don't
0: quote me, but it's not something that's happening right away. Is that because um, it takes so long to get the current twenties out of circulation, or something? I don't even know.
1: I was just like, wait, what? They didn't tell us all these things. So I said, let me get to googling before I say for sure. But from what I remember, like having a chit chat about with someone, they were like, it's not happening right away.
0: Well, I see it says in the Washington, in the Wall Street Journal it'll be could be in circulation as soon as twenty twenty. Okay, well, that's not so bad. So, yeah, not so bad. It'll be here. The fact that it's even happening is major. Yes, exactly. Major, major. Did and then... See,
1: did you see the poor memes of, like, the young girl? Who is, it's, like, some young girl from Disney. It's a young brown girl. Uh, I forget her name. But they, they put her face on Harriet Tubman's face, on Harriet Tubman sitting, like, in her picture. Her, like, if you, There's, like, two pictures of Harriet Tubman, like, floating, you know? There's one of her standing, and there's one of her sitting... And her face is hilarious. And it says, well, Master thinks you're going to bring his dinner, but
0: you out tonight with Harriet.
1: <laughs> I was like, yo, the memes, they kill me. The like, one that,
0: that I saw was where it's like, you're going to have a really hard time spending like 30 bucks on that new top when you have Harriet say, looking at you saying, you don't need that top.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like it like goes closer to Harriet, like closer, closer. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard it's, to they have, describe. They have a picture of like Harriet, like her picture's being taken. She's like standing and they're like on, on top. It says um, Harriet says, "How do I look?" And the photographer says, "Like money." <laughs> oh, these memes are everything. Honestly, memes are like memes make me happy. Like if I'm having a bad day, I'll just take like a meme break and like just make myself happy and giggle again.
0: That's how I feel about gifts. Oh, gifts—they make you. <laughs> how did I even communicate before gifts? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, you're I one don't. of those. <laughs> no, I re- I reply to emails with like just gifts. <laughs> and they get so many emotions across. I don't – like, if a picture says a thousand words, a meme says a million.
1: Mm.
0: All right. We have to talk about Prince real quick. This mm. is a very, like, music-themed It is buzzworthy. Um, Prince passed away this week. Yeah. My father is still in mourning. Did they
1: ever – I remember – I know more and more details are coming. Out. I know they just cremated his body. Yeah. Uh, there's,
0: the autopsy was done, but they're not going to have, like, toxicology results for – a couple weeks, a few weeks, I think. Okay. But it's just all so sad. You know, it's, I saw somebody, there was, speaking of memes, there was one about like how someone put, someone wrapped Stevie Wonder in bubble wrap because he's the last one we have. That's <laughs> all oh, Stevie. Which I thought was kind of sexist because there's other amazing female, you know, like like classic female singers from the past that we still have living. Yeah. They we, Laretha, we still have Aretha. We oh, still have Paula Bell. Oh. Yeah. And I love, um uh, what is her name? Anita Baker. Oh my gosh, that's oh. two, like one of my favorites and i love um diana ross like mm-hmm. i mean there's some great women still in power but um yeah it was it was pretty devastating I, and there's not many you know the, my entire newsroom we were all just like it was right during lunch when we heard and it was just on tmz at that point and everyone just like dropped what they were eating and we were like what is happening what is life i called my dad and and he said you know he's like okay i'll i'll, I'll call you back later he was really upset and then i called him later and he's like It's okay. I still have you and your little brother. It's like like Prince was his third child or something like that. That's how much he loved him. Wow, really? Yeah. My dad like every Christmas my dad would have us sit down and watch since the Super Bowl since Prince did the halftime show. When was that? Two thousand and I don't know, like I don't know, ten was it has it been ten years since he did the Super Bowl? Anyway, my dad had that on VHS, and he made us watch it. But then before that, we would watch Purple Rain, and he had Michael Jackson's Bad Tour, and he had Michael and Prince's tour on VHS. And we would watch that, like, every holiday. Oh, I know. So it, it's, it's special. And we're actually – we had already planned on dancing to a Prince song for our for father-daughter dance. Mm-hmm. So now it will even be more – like yeah. he he's, like, he's going to be a mess. <laughs> he's going to be a mess. Oh, why between Prince and just giving you away? Yeah. My dad and emotions. I told you when my fiance proposed to me and he, he called my dad for permission the day before. And my dad like hung up on him. Cause he couldn't understand. Like he couldn't, he couldn't like metabolize the feels that he was feeling. He's, he's just like, I got to call you back. And eight hours later, he finally called back.
1: That's okay. So Your dad is like, so
0: wait,
1: what? <laughs> just, You're taking my daughter where? No.
0: You know, he's just—he doesn't. Some people just don't know how to like process emotions. It's okay.
1: Yeah. No, that's cute. At least you know, because so many daughters don't necessarily have their
0: dads in their life,
1: or are like, you know,
0: feely. I know, I know. Uh, you know what? All this happening. You know, yesterday, well, Prince dying was one thing, but yesterday I found out one of my friends who I. Um, I did a lot of Hurricane Katrina relief when I was in college and it was a big part of like, I have a lot of friendships from that experience. And one of the guys that I was friends with, but I fell out of touch with recently, passed away yesterday and I, we all kind of found out he had died from cancer and it's always moments like that where I'm like, God dang, it's like, so we should just be lucky that we're just, you know, here. Yeah. I, I, you know, we get to live and, and it's a beautiful day outside. I have friends and family and you know, it's you just can't take any of that for granted. I was
1: like, I don't know. It was a uh, one of my friends is a photographer. I was following him on Instagram. And he goes to India quite often. I think he's half Indian. Um, so he had a picture of this little girl laughing. And he said, ah, oh, to feel joy like this. I mean, you could, the joy was visceral. Like, you could see it leaping out of her face and her eyes and her, you know, you ever see a kid, like, really, like, nothing has happened, but they're just, like, mid-laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And I told myself, I'm like, I'm still looking. I've been trying to find that picture. I can't seem to find it because I want to put it on my cell phone from when I'm like, you know, like bitching about something unimportant to like look at this little girl. And she's probably laughing at next, like nothing, you know, a dog running across the street. Maybe her brother comes into view or whatever. And just it it brings this level of joy forth from her. And I just want to, I want to be like that more because I'm I'm sure we were all like that as kids. And then you forget like that all of these things that don't mean much start to like take over. And you're like, really, this is why you're pissed off? Because, you know, somebody in the email said this, like in this grand scheme of things, what does that
0: even matter? Right. Right. Yeah. You grow up and you just tell yourself things matter that don't really matter. Or you need things that you don't really need. Exactly. Or just like, yeah, in the end, or even I try to tell myself if someone says something negative
1: about me, I'm like, well, I guarantee you, Tiffany, there are people saying negative stuff about you that you just never found out. So either way, it don't matter. (laughs) Like (laughs) You know, it's just like, now you just know that this person said it, but you didn't know
0: yesterday and you were fine. So girl, keep living. (laughs) Yeah. So or do you mean to make lemonade out of lemons? Is that what you're saying? Yes. I think that we should definitely name this week's episode lemonade lemonade and
1: lemonade lemonada.
0: I don't know why it took me so long to get it I was like oh I get it she made a bad situation oh, into a good situation lemons and lemonade I didn't get it until Miss Hattie <laughs> said I it <laughs> I had gotten it I was like
1: oh I figured because I was like well lemonade well you know what the only the only kind of like thing I know when people talk about lemonade is you know turning lemons from lemonade so I figured that's what it was going to be about but I didn't
0: like oh, I, see, I, you're smarter than me. I was just like, "Wait, summertime lemonade? <laughs> that sounds delicious."
1: Well, but first, what? I didn't what was going on. People were like, "Lemonade's going to be on," and I'm like, "What does that even mean?" You might as well have gone and said like, "Barstool will be on that." <laughs> like, <what? laughs> I didn't have any context. I, you know, um, Beyonce doesn't explain herself. She's like, mm, "Look, either you watch Barstool or you don't." <laughs> oh
0: man! Any other buzzing things? Tell them, boy. Bye. Um no I think I think we've we've expired our buzzworthy that was it we used it all on Beyonce and Harriet (laughs) and Prince oh ooh ooh wait wait a second on the opposite spectrum of Black Beauty and power um did you see the viral Instagram post that Lil Kim posted yes and I knew you were gonna say that what is happening
1: I don't know honestly somebody yo first of all my best friend texted to me said new phone who this <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not gonna lie. At first, I was like, "Why is she texting me this random white woman?" And I I just looked at it and I kept looking at it and I'm like, "Wait." And then slowly, it's like the realization started creeping
0: up from my heart, and I was like, "Please don't." If Please I go- had not seen it, it was her. I wouldn't have known it was her. For real, what is going on? And it seems like it happened overnight. I don't know. Huh. I I like I pause before judging because it's like, okay, she is her own person. If she wants to do that, then fine. But it. You know, someone had uh, referenced an earlier she an interview she had done like several years ago about how insecure she is and how a guy she was with had left her for a woman who, you know, looked more European and she'd always be more, you know, insecure about her looks. And it just made me sad, you know. It makes me sad that anyone would want to go to such great lengths to change the person they are.
1: Yeah, I saw that too. I thought it was like some meme where they did that. And I was just like, oh, man. Yeah, honestly, it just... Because Little Kim really was a pioneer. I mean, she is, mm-hmm. because she's still here. She's a pioneer in hip-hop. You know, she people, women weren't speaking out sexually in, like, lyrics in hip-hop. You know, and not to say, I mean, whether that's good or bad. The fact is, it's, she did it, you know? Yeah. And there would be no Nicki Minaj. There would be no, basically, all these other new young rappers, Trina, all of them. Like, she made it cool, funky, okay to be aggressive like men on, you know, just albums and, and songs, and just to see that, like, all of that women empowerment talk, just to see it look like this, and you wonder, like, oh, man. Like, she, honestly, like, there's a video of her talking, and her face is not even, like, moving.
0: Uh-huh. It looks
1: like it's just straight plastic. Oh, whew.
0: That looks painful. Yeah. I hope she finds someone who loves her. Yeah. For who she is.
1: Well, she has a baby now,
0: so, I it mean, makes hope- me want Makes me want to go hug a little girl somewhere.
1: Oh, right, and she's like, Hey, brown beauty, you know, you're beautiful, right?
0: That's why we always tell Supergirl she's so beautiful,
1: but sometimes you gotta slow up because Supergirl is thinking, <laughs> Supergirl's like, tiffy everybody at school just loves me. You think it's because I'm so cute? I'm like,
0: <laughs> I like, you know you created a monster,
1: <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? We're gonna let you have that because Supergirl is super chocolatey, she's got like super beautiful, kinky hair and she's like a little bit chunky and so i want supergirl to just know that exactly how she is is exactly how she ought to be
0: i'll just have her wash lemonade exactly well yeah i don't know about all that it was a lot
1: <laughs> <laughs> she already first I don't know let me just before supergirl had to do a report for black history they told them to pick somebody from history that's inspiring people pick harry tubman martin luther king and like they had to do a presentation this girl Pick Beyonce, <laughs> yeah, and then had the nerve to do a visual representation, like a little dance. Everybody else has like a little poster. Oh this is Martin Luther King. This is such a such. No, Supergirl got up there and sang like one of Beyonce's songs with a little shimmy.
0: That is it was amazing. like her mother
1: didn't even know it was came to like see her presentation. Was like, girl, I'm in the audience. Like, I know my baby's not up here reciting Beyonce. <laughs> You know what? I love it. I was like, she's like, what? She is in Black history. (laughs) That's true.
0: That's true. Yes. Brown break. I'm trying to figure out if I should be positive or not positive (laughs) this week. Positive or not positive. Taking a brown break. Oh, you
1: are? Yeah. So this morning I woke up at 6 a.m. And not because I wanted to, but because the same kids, three kids, every single morning at, from 6 to 7 are outside screaming their lungs out. Because their grandma, apparently every single morning at 6 a.m., puts them out and makes them wait for the bus. But she puts them out like an hour early. I guess What? She's, yes. And they play in the front. And, you know, they're kids, so they're just, like, just obnoxiously loud. They range from age, like, six to nine, you know? So all you hear at 6 a.m. is, <laughs> and you're like, oh, my gosh. And you're like, what should I do? Because, you know, I've opened the window. I'm like, hey, guys, can not keep it down? And they're always really respectful. Sorry, this is But they're kids. So after another five minutes, they're back to, like, giggling like little animals. And you're just like, we've spoken to Grandma. Grandma's like, girl, don't nobody care about your sleep? <laughs> I'm getting mine. <laughs> really? She didn't care? What? Grandma doesn't care. So we're like, should we can't Should we? So I'm just taking a brown break from the giggle- giggling kids outside my window every 6 a.m. Uh, I don't know what to do about it. I'm like, should I put in headphones, earphones? Because grandma's like, I put them out for a reason. So I don't have to hear the giggling. Sorry. Oh, my God. It's too
0: early for all that. It is, honestly. And I'm like, so and what you guys- do you that's the hard part living in a city. Is you live all up on each other, so mm-hmm. everyone's noise is your noise. Exactly. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, what do we do? Like, I heard a mom yesterday giving her son like the greatest lecture about how he was a 30 year old man and he needed to start paying rent. And I wanted to like get outside my window and clap for her. Oh my god! <laughs> I could hear everything. It was like. Eleven in the morning. I mean, I'm just out, just down on the street, and her voice carried right up to the fourth floor. Oh, my God. Yo, that is hilarious. It was great. <laughs> I know you were like, wouldn't that be terrible? He
1: would have been so embarrassed if you'd have been like, you tell him.
0: I know. That's part of the like when I moved to New York. When I just taking the right, the train home, we have an above ground train, mm-hmm. and I can see people laying out getting sun. I can see them walking their dogs, like the dogs lounging. Like it's just this this city is like so big, and you everyone lives in their own little world, but we're all living in each other's world. And you can just, it's beautiful, but then also kind of creepy. It is because you're like, who's looking at me? Yeah, who's looking at you, kid? So yeah, that's not
1: break. <sighs> right. I'm brown breaking from city noises. We'll just say that. So it's not. I don't so sound terrible saying I'm brown breaking from kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I have to do. You know, I'm going to do a. This could be a boost. It could also be a win. But I'm just going to call out. So the Pulitzer prizes were announced last week. God, it's already been last week. The 18th of April, um, and there was two stories that I thought. First of all, how the heck did I not? read this story when it first came out i feel crazy for not doing that but the 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 prize this year for um service journalism public service award went to the wash to the associated press and they wrote a story about uh modern day slavery in asia where like people were treated like slaves and made to work and um, go fishing and fish the shrimp and the fish that we get in the grocery store um, all that warm water fish from Asia. And based on their report, they f- they ended up um, leading to the f- uh, freeing of 2,000 slaves, oh. like modern day slaves. Oh. And I, I I kind of get why maybe I saw this headline and just kept going, because I feel like you try and ignore the really terrible headlines every once in a while. But I, ju- I think it's worth, like it's just worth it to read it. And not just to read it and feel the, the people's pain, like real people who were slaves in 2016, but then to also know that because of this writing, this report um that you know hundreds and thousands of slaves were um were freed which was great um and another one to follow up with i would say the other story that i read which i had not heard about there was a woman in afghanistan last year her name was farkunda um and farkunda you know in afghanistan it's a very patriarchal society i mean incredibly religious the muslim faith is 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 just like so intense there and it's considered one of the highest crimes to burn a Quran, right? Mm-hmm. So a woman was falsely, a falsely accused, this woman named Farkunda, falsely accused by a man of burning a Quran. And from zero to 100 in like five minutes, she's being attacked by hundreds of men. She's being pummeled with stone. She's being stomped on. Police are there and they're not even helping her. You know, she falls back into the crowd and they just kind of watch her as she's being mutilated by this entire crowd. And it's so hard to watch. I mean, I feel kind of bad, but I feel like it's it should be required viewing for anyone who, you know, cares about women and women's rights to see a woman just like treated like this by men in broad daylight on cell phone cameras. No one was ever um, – I don't think to this day people have been um, sentenced for any crimes. I think a few people – um stood trial but i think they got a very lesser sentence than what it could have been um and she ended up dying and this happened about a year ago and the new york times um won the pulitzer for a report they did on it in december Mm -hmm. um anyway it's just really harrowing and it is sad and it will grip you by the throat and by the heart but i think that we need to not turn a blind eye to that kind of suffering and um I just I, I i recommend it, and I thought that was just it, it's great to see what journal, good journalism can do. Because if not for this story, um, there's a chance you never would have known Farkunda's name, and there's not is not just Farkunda. That's the thing. Like this is one woman, and there are so many other women around the world who are brutalized. I mean, we still haven't found those young girls in Nigeria.
1: Exactly, or just even. Like, did you see the story about, uh it was so heartbreaking about the girls who got into a fight in the bathroom and they jumped uh-huh. with them. yes. I just was like, can you imagine that you send your daughter to school? She gets into a fight over a boy. And, you know, I'm, I know the girls didn't mean to obviously take her life because you don't think about that. You know, you're not thinking, hey, we're going to kill her, but they took her life.
0: I'm sure, I'm sure somebody
1: was there yelling, world star, hip hop. Yeah, thinking like it's nothing. And now the truth of the matter is more than one girl died that day in the bathroom. How many of those girls' lives are now taken? You know, that they're they're going to be locked away for a very long time as a result of this one stupid fight over a boy. So now she is physically dead, but now
0: you've killed your future, you know? Mm. That was awful. Yeah, it just, whew. So I'll make that a brown break against women, violence against women, violence by women, by men, by anybody. Um, it's, it's just, it needs to stop, yeah. especially in schools. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, that's sorry for the, the downer. <laughs> All <right. laughs> I'll bring it back up, I promise, in the next segment.
1: Um, So do we have a question?
0: We have a question for today. I need to pull it up right quick. It's a good question. It's about debt. And this was interesting to me because um, I actually got a similar question from someone um, at our our Yahoo email earlier this week. And it's about what happens when your debt is charged off and what a charge off is. I'm not going to use her name because she doesn't say whether or not we can use it. Um, we'll just call her Charlotte. Okay. okay, so Charlotte says, "I've been steadily working to improve my credit score over the last couple of years, and at the moment I only have two true debts to worry about. A personal loan that I owe to my parents that's currently under $1,000, um, and another credit card or sorry, unfortunately a private student loan that is in a closed derogatory status. It's been charged off on one of my credit reports." This debt has been charged off as a bad debt and transferred to a collections agency. In addition to getting a job, my focus is on how I should go about addressing this debt to better my credit score. I've read that I should wait until it falls off my credit report after seven years, which would be in 2018. Should I do this or is there something else I could do to address and somewhat resolve this matter on my credit report? Additionally, should I try and locate and reach out to the collection agency to make a repayment plan or try for a settlement? Ooh. Oh, Charlotte, this is the worst. I mean. So let's maybe let's tackle first. What is a charge? What's a charge off? So there's a couple of stages that your debt goes through when you stop making a payment on it. There's like the 30 day stage, which is when you probably get a call from your credit card company or your private student lender. And they're like, hey, what's up? You missed a payment. Yeah. As a courtesy call. Then yeah. once it gets past 180 days that lender or that credit card company is going to look at your account and say, listen, this person hasn't paid in months. We're going to sell it to a debt collector and have them deal with it. Mm -hmm. So
1: that's basically when they've basically basically said, we're not getting our money. That's what a charge office is like when they're just basically like, yeah, we're just kind of throwing our hands up. We're not going to get it. So we're just going to basically like Mandy said, sell it to someone else. Now... Now that it's charged off, so what? what's really important, right, with a charge-off is that you have to know that if they sell your debt to someone else, they don't own it. So a lot of people make this mistake. I've seen this. I don't know if you've seen this, Mandy, that people will owe, like, let's just say they owe Sears, and then Sears charges it off and sells it to Tom and them. And then people want to go back and pay Sears, but Sears doesn't own that debt anymore, correct? Yep, yep. And so if you pay Sears, now this is what I've seen, which is terrible. And not, I'm not picking on Sears. We won't call it Sears. We'll just call it Jeers. If you pay Jeers, <laughs> Jeers might actually take your money. But guess who you still owe? The person they sold it to.
0: Oh, does that really happen? Sometimes that's happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't do that. No, no, it, no. you supposed to. But
1: I've seen, especially like hospitals, I've seen that happen a lot. That people will pay the original uh, creditor. The creditor will take the money. And then you find out that they weren't supposed to. And now you're fighting to get your money back because you're
0: supposed to pay the person they sold it to. Oh, Lord, don't do that. Yeah. The 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 really horrible thing about, you know, having your debt charged off is that it is going to go in your credit report. And mm-hmm. at that point, it's not like, I think, I think what I hear is people think, okay, it's been charged off, so I don't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah, you do. It's still on your credit report. You still owe the debt. Yeah. In some states, there's a statute of limitations on how long a debt collector can wait to sue you for a debt. But it can be like 10 years so it's very likely you still owe that debt they can still sue you for it and take you to court um in in new jersey
1: and new york i know it's six years it's a six years okay well in new jersey and new york but you're right it's some states are 10 some states are four but i don't know where charlotte lives but in new jersey and new york it's six years that they have to sue you but they they have all these tricks that they do so some of my friends work for debt collection agencies Hey, girl, you know, you're going to hell, right? Anyway, for them, <laughs> <laughs> but they schooled me into showing, well, this is what they'll do. So after six years of inactivity, meaning like you have not paid or you have not promised to pay, some debt collectors will do this. They'll actually make a dollar payment for you so they can start the clock all over again. Isn't that terrible?
0: <gasps> That's I shady. Know.
1: It is super shady. And she's like some of my friends who've told me, like I said, who've worked for debt collectors are like, so just be mindful that they have all these tricks to make sure that your statute of limitation never goes up. Because if they take you to court and win, they can garnish wages, they can do a whole bunch of stuff. Like, you know, they can actually petition your bank and say, Hey, that money in her bank account, we kinda need some of that because we have this we have this win from the courts that say that we're able to take some money. You just never know. So but I will say this. If it's if she if seven years is 2018 at this stage in the game that sometimes paying old debt at this stage in the game is more harmful than good. So like, I hear you, but explain. So here's why, because, so let's just say she said it was 2020 or whatever. I'm like, well, girl, deal with it. But now that basically in a year and a half, it's going to fall off. So if she lives in new York, new York and New Jersey, what that means in six months, she's out of the suitable range because she that will be her six years. And then after one more year, which is seven years, it should fall off. And so if she makes a payment now, and honestly, debt that's usually within the first two years, that's the debt that's really dragging your score down, that new debt. So if debt is five, six years old, and then so it's not affecting your credit as much because it's so old. If you make a payment on super old debt, you make it new again. So all of a sudden, that whole charge off is new again and starts to bring down your score more. I've seen a lot of people do that with old debt. Now, now there's a, there's like more, a moral moral like compass that you kind of have to decide to yourself. But just know that if you're paying on old debt, you're making that old debt new and relevant. And it actually might do more harm than good. So just be mindful about paying off really old debt. All of my friends who are in, like, cre- credit restoration always tell me that that you should focus on the new stuff first. Take care of that because that's really the thing that's affecting your score, not debt that's five, six, seven years old.
0: Well, I'll say when it comes to, like, getting rid of a debt, I mean, let's say uh, they're suing you. I mean, debt collectors can't I mean, as long as it's still been – as long as she's still within the statute of limitations, she can, she's still a free game for them to sue her, and that can happen, yeah. um, especially with student loans. Um, and if that comes the case, you settling is probably the best option, and settling is, is – especially if the debt's been – it's been years since you've paid made a payment. And these debt collectors bought your debt for probably – I mean definitely a lot less than what the original balance was owed. So they'll be willing to settle for you probably – um, for a lot less than the original balance, as long as you are ready with like a big lump sum payment right then and there. And I would recommend that. Like if, if she does, if it does come down to her getting sued or if she just wants to get rid of this, reach out to them, open a, open a dialogue and see if they can, um, if they can come to an agreement on a settlement. I honestly, I'd recommend the opposite. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> okay. If- well, only
1: because, so if they have not reached out to you, meaning that, now if they're reaching out to you and they're talking to you, definitely have a conversation back. That's
0: what I'm wondering, because she doesn't say that. And I find it really hard to believe that she hasn't gotten any information from them. She says, should I try and reach out to the collection agency? Oh, that means they're not reaching out to her. No, that happens often. So say like, for whatever reason,
1: see yourself it to Tom, Tom sells it to Sarah, Sarah sells it to Marvin, and Marvin just doesn't get in around to call calling you, or by then you've moved so many times they have not been able to place you. A lot of times that that, that will happen, That collector's debt will kind of die. And it's not that it dies, it becomes what they call zombie debt, past a certain, uh, past the statute of limitations. So you know, we all watch Walking Dead, zombies are like alive but dead. So it's like the debt is dead in that they cannot legally use the courts to try to extract extract that money from you. But technically, do you still owe? Yes. So. That's why I said I would – if they're not contacting you, I would leave it, let it fall off, and I instead would work on your current financial situation because that's really where – like if you're paying your bills on time, how much debt you have right now, um, that's really where you're going to make the, the most difference with your with – She your... only
0: has this personal loan to her parents, so if she could be focusing on this other debt, she could be. I mean – and I guess another hypothetical situation is um... – Oh, where did my train go? The choo-choo just left the station. <laughs> like that, where did my train go? <laughs>
1: <laughs> my train of thought. Yeah, saying this is Mandy, that it's even worse if she doesn't have any other debt. So uh, your credit and your credit score and your credit report, it's really an average of your activities. So if you are only taking one class in school, it's gym, and you get an A in gym, you have an A GPA. You get a D in gym, you have a D GPA, right? So this one thing that she kind of has right now because it's old, even though she might have an F in it, it's not, it's, it's not as relevant as anything that she might do like moving forward. So like she might want to get a secured card or whatever it is. She might have student loans that she's paying off or whatever. But if she goes back and kind of hits up that old teacher and says, hey, what about that F I got? And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Let's make it new and relevant again. So now all of a sudden, she doesn't have anything to balance out that F. She has no other credit history. So now she's going to, she's literally going to bring her score dramatically down because she's going to make something that, because even paying it off is not going to make it right for her because she's still, credit history is history, meaning that you did not pay all of this time. That's not going to disappear just because you paid. Paying it, honestly, is not going to raise her score. Paying is actually going to lower her score. Because paying it off is not going to do anything other than make it new again to say, hey, this is a person who did not pay all this time. That's why I'm just saying. You want to just be mindful that, yeah, you could pay it off, but it's not going to do anything for your score except for bring it down because you're making old history that's negative new. And you don't have anything else to balance it out with. You don't have any other credit cards or any other things that you've done to show, even though I messed up in this one place, I'm doing good over here. So it would just behoove her, like in my opinion, to just get a secured card um, start building credit history, so you have other things on your credit. Report. Well, will she
0: get approved for that if she has this? You know, yeah, six year old debt. That's my thing. Like, a secured card is one thing, but I mean, she doesn't say this either. But if you're, you know, trying to get an apartment or you're trying to get a car loan, and you have this debt on your credit report, you can get denied or get stuck with a super high interest rate. Um, and I feel like in that case, showing that you've made a good faith effort to start repaying on it would be better. I guess. I mean, or it's
1: showing that like, you know what, what secured because remember the purpose of a secured card is to give credit to folks who otherwise would be left out of the credit system. So you don't have to have a, like a great uh, credit score in order to get a secured card. You know, that's the purpose. So I would at least look into it, see like, well, what's the lowest score that I'm able to go to your bank or your credit union? That's the best place to look for a secured card and ask. Or if you can't, if your bank or your credit union doesn't offer secured cards, go to, magnify money they've got a great list of secured cards and see like well what i could what i love too about magnify money is that you can put in your information like your credit score and stuff and what they'll do is they will they will say yeah you're likely to, to be approved or you know you're not likely so i would work on building you know your credit up versus like you know dredging up the old stuff just because if you're if you're i don't know what her credit score is but so let's just say, like, because when I was a landlord, I would look at your credit score, not necessarily your credit report. So if your credit score is, uh, you know, your credit score is decent, then, you know, I'm just trying to think of, like, my train of thought. So if your credit score, if her credit score is only okay, she can bring it up further by, by um, you know, getting a secured card and raising her credit score.
0: Yeah. That would be a process too, because don't yep. you have to like make payments every month, and after a year they'll well, um he, offer you the line of credit after a few months. Like for example, Superman had a secured card. Superman had a secured
1: card, and he after three months he was able to bring his score up about a hundred points because guess what? He only had the secured card. I mean, that's what we talked about. Like credit is an average, so because he didn't have a whole bunch of different uh credit, like you know uh accounts open. He had that one secured card. So all he had to do was do right by that one card. And when I met him, he was like in the low 600s. And just, the, just this morning, he, was, he woke up. He was like, babe, my credit score is a 760. So that's been like in a year. But honestly, he jumped up to like a, I say a 720 after a few months. So secured cards can work fairly quickly if you don't have a lot of credit under your belt. You know. Yeah, so I she's actually, them as a tool. Yeah, they are as a t- a good, a good as a tool. So honestly, she's in a great position. If you don't have a lot of credit accounts, then opening up one good one is gonna do a world of good, but having one bad one is gonna do a world of bad. So because like I said, it's an average. So the smaller amount that you have, the more each individual account is gonna have a different make a difference.
0: I agree oh. with that for sure. All right, Miss Charlotte. Good luck.
1: Yes. I know she's like, but so wait, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, girl, I don't know. Just you know, according to Mandy, Mandy says, Hey, we chat to pay paid off. According to me, I'm like, girl, If they're not calling you, don't call them. Go get yourself a security card and make your life right. So you have to make a decision either way.
0: I'm really surprised if if they're not harassing her like they typically do. Um, I'd be surprised. But I guess when you're a student, it's a lot harder for them to track you because you don't have, like, you probably don't have, you know, your own house and a a permanent address for them to come find you. So you're kind of, like, trickier to track down. Yeah. Yeah. but I, I do worry that, you know, they'll just wake up and smell the roses next year, right before her deadline, and be like, ah, here's a lawsuit.
1: <laughs> well, usually what they'll do is they'll, like, they'll reach out to you and just say, like, hey, we want to collect money. hey we, It's usually if you ignore that, hey, we want to collect money, that's, here's a lawsuit. So if they do reach out, then, yes, work out a settlement. But if they don't, and like you I can said,
0: tell them to stop calling you. That's one thing people don't understand. You can't. Yes. You can this, the – I'll post a link to this. So check the website, com. I'll post a link to the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. They have all these like form letters. Like they write the letters for you. All you have to do is put your name, insert your name, and insert the debt collector's name. And you can send them a cease and desist letter saying, you know, please stop talking – stop calling me. Or call me only these hours or only email me, don't call me, or only send me letters, don't email me or call me, that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, you can totally do that. It won't erase your debt, but it'll get them out of your, you know, off your back. And that's, yep. one, uh, I that's one. I need way to, to need get rid of them.
1: Because I, I remember I couldn't pay my mortgage at one point during the height of the recession. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And they were, Chase Bank was harassing me. Oh, my goodness. I was like, is this an ex-boyfriend?
0: Sheesh. And <laughs> yeah, you know, probably weren't alone either.
1: I know. And so I sent them a C I, I faxed them a cease and desist letter and it worked like a charm.
0: Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, you cut out for a little bit. Oh yeah. Said it,
1: you said it worked? Yeah. It worked like a charm. I sent them a cease and desist letter and it worked like a charm. I was oh, like, good. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I miss tra- Charlotte. Yeah. Let us know how it goes either way. Either way, just do whatever you, you know, what, what can help you sleep at night. <laughs> Man- Mandy's got a heavy conscience. She likes to, she's sassy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what's up next? What do we have now? Some
0: wins? Wins, wins? We haven't done wins for a little while. I know. I think I- I'm going to do a book for my win. Okay, you're
1: going to do a book? I'm like, what is my wing going to be? What's my wing? Okay,
0: you go first. I will go first. So I wanted to recommend this book. It's not necessarily a self-help, I'm going to make you better at your career book, but it's a really good novel and it's actually about to get made into a TV show on the OWN network. Hmm. Um, the novel's called Queen Sugar and it's about an African-American mom of a daughter who's like 11 years old who she's widowed. In her 30s, very young, and she inherits a sugarcane farm, duh, from her dad uh, in Louisiana. And so she decides to sell everything, pack up, and she's like down on her luck anyway. So she decides she wants a fresh start. So she moves back home to Louisiana um, to run a sugarcane farm. And of course, she has no idea how to do it. And she has a brother who's trying to fight her for the inheritance. And uh, her man, her farm manager quits on her and she has to like pull herself up by the proverbial bootstraps and like figure out how to do uh, sugarcane farming uh, in, a, in a year. And I love the novel. I thought it was really good. And I'm so excited because it's going to be a show. And guess who's directing it? Ooh. Ava Duvernay. I, you're gonna say that. <laughs> I love her. And then also her and uh, starring is going to be Rutina Wesley, who was Tara in True Blood. Did you watch True Blood? Um, I I did a little bit. I'm kind of embarrassed. I watched True Blood because that was like a really terrible <laughs> show. But Rutina Wesley was on that, and she was amazing. And I just like as soon as I knew it was her, I just pictured her the entire time I was reading the book, and it's so good. There's a little love. There's a little south uh Louisiana charm which I love and I think it's a, if you've ever, you know, been up against an impossible task in your life, this is the book that you should read.
1: Ooh, I know my win. And that actually sounds like a really great book to read. I love I love a good book, especially like in the park, like on a blanket. What? I used to be such it's an used av- to be summer. I know. I can't wait. I'm honestly, I'm such a geek. So I'm excited because I have like a $30 gift certificate to Target that somebody gave me.
0: Ooh. And
1: I am going to buy like a beach chair. So that way there's times when I like want to do work in the park because I have like a little, it's called like a jet pack, which is, it looks like a little pager, but basically it's like portable internet. So I can take the internet with me wherever I go because I was able, I went to Verizon the other day to get like uh, a new upgrade on my phone since I was like way overdue. And they were like, you can do buy one, get one free. And normally I'm like, well, what do I need with the free one? Like, you know, but at the time Superman was like, ooh, ooh, I want a phone. And I was like, okay, well leave your old service, come over to mine, pay your sa- same bill. And they gave us like all this great like data. And so I have a ton of data and I got a jetpack. I got my new phone, the Galaxy 7S Edge. Yes, get into it. You know, your jelly. And so did he. And as a result, I'm like, ooh, now whenever I'm like out and whenever I have like my like little MacBook Air with me, I'm like, I take out my little jetpack. And so I was like, ooh, I want to start doing work in the park and make the park my office this summer. And so I was like, I'm going to get myself a little, um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to get myself a little chair to take with me so I can just sit in the park and just, you know, listen to my, or just read a book or do work. But like we're, we're at someplace pretty, pretty. I'm trying.
0: To, I just had what? a win. All right, all right. What was my win? I was "What was my win?" I just had it was on the top of my. Your win cannot be a Target gift card, although that is kind of a win.
1: No, it's not. It wasn't. It was a good win, and I forgot. Um. Well, instead of a win, can I suggest a book? Yeah. Oh. All right. So this is an oldie book goodie. So hey guys. So I we're still so here. We go- <laughs> I don't have a win this week, but I do have a book suggestion, and I know it's going to be kind of weird because it's totally not a new book, but. Somebody said something on uh, Facebook or something, and it reminded me how much I love this book. It's one of my favorites. It's Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Have
0: (laughs) you ever read that? Classic, yeah, in like eighth grade. Yeah, I know. But honestly, it's one of those books that like... I should read it again as a grown-up.
1: Yes, you know, because it's just... I read it, I think... I don't remember. I think I read it like in high school or something like that. Like somehow I stumbled across it in the library and, and just started reading it and then never stopped. And it's one of my favorite books. And if you are really into language being beautifully arranged, it is like the epitome of that. And I am. I just love when, like I, I love poetry. I used to write poetry. I love when language is just beautifully arranged because we all get similar words and yet some people arrange them in such a way that it's literally like a flower blooming. See what I did there? So yeah. So- I saw it. <laughs> so that's- I'm here for it. <laughs> That's not so much a win, but just a book suggestion that if you're looking to kind of read about a love story, but to read about it in
0: such a beautiful way, I would suggest Zora Neale Hurston, Their Eyes Were Watching God. I feel like we read those books, but I didn't really appreciate them as a young woman. Like, I was like, damn, I just want to read the Cliffs Notes." <laughs> yeah. I should read them as a grown up for sure. That's a good no, one. Sure. Yeah. Like A Raisin in the Sun, all those type of books. Ooh, Invisible Man, that was a good one. That was a good one, too. All right, BA fam, that's all we have for this week. Yes, we will see you next week. We had some really good questions, so we'll save some for the next couple of weeks, but you can always email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes, and find us on Twitter at the Podcast, and we are Brown Ambition on the Facebook.
0: Yes, ma'am. All right, happy week. Go, um, you know, recover from the lemonade. It sounds like I need to recover. You took it very well. You're like yeah, handling it. it. I'm a mess. <laughs> all right, talk to you next week. Get your four thousand steps in. Ooh, don't come for me because you don't want this. Did that sound competitive? I yes. Asked. That's all right. We're I was gonna... trying to be supportive.
1: <laughs> bye, Mandy. Bye, bye.